This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their inside of you on the next opponent's Ipswich Town. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of Skype, he's just upgraded his phone, especially to do the podcast. Um, please welcome Mr. Andrew Dalton. Andy, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? No problem, thank you. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm a bit weirded out because we did one with a Hull City fan who was called yes. Andrew Dalton. Freakish. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm going yeah. through my Skype. I'm like, I must have got this wrong. It's, it's a different Andrew. It's a different Andy. <laughs> and I'm thinking kind of north of north of England, you know, have we just got the same person? Yes. Um, right, let's give you a softball one to begin with. Um, how did it How did it start for you with Leeds? What is your vintage? And do you remember your first game? It started for me in the early 90s, in 1990 My first ever game was Leeds United 4, Liverpool 5. That was uh, your first game? Yeah, amazing. April 91. Yeah, nine goals. I think at that time, it was a second division and sort of coming up. I know John Lyle they got promoted. Uh, I, f- I believe he got them promoted at Oxford back in the season in April 92. Very good. Uh, and <laughs> 93. Yeah, and it just went from there. I'm a two times published author. I've written two books on Leeds United. Uh, one called Leeds United All White, one which is a, a vote for the 100's greatest players. Uh, I've also written a second book, Leeds United in the 1980s, which wasn't a great era for us. I know, obviously, for Ipswich, it's a fantastic. Certainly, the start of the, the decade with Sir Bobby Robson, uh, sadly no longer with us. Obviously, uh, uh, you won the, uh, the UEFA Cup, I think, in 81. Uh, I think John Walk was part of the team and uh, Frank Tyson, I think I pronounced that right. Tyson, yeah, uh, it's very good. Yeah, it's Frank Tyson. I think you beat AZ Altmar or something on those lines off the top of my head and, uh, uh, in, a, in a two-legged tie. And yeah, I've never been since then. I've, I worked for Radio Yorkshire, well, I did do, doing the commentaries and now I actually write the official match reports for the website. So oh, yeah, fantastic. it's a massive part of my life. Been been has done for 25 years and uh, one thing uh, I'll say is we've got an atrocious record at Portman Road, which you're probably quite aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, what we're going to do later in the show, I'm going to try and guess yeah. as many of the top 10 of your 100. I'm not going to Google it because you, you can see me. I'm going to try and guess yes. some of the, some of the yeah. top 10. Um, Andy, let's go back to pre-season. So in pre-season, yeah. out goes Gary Monk claiming, I never felt there yeah. was any long-term intention 
or any intention to give me a long-term future at the club. Um, can you give me your take on, on Monk's season and what were your thoughts when he was succeeded by Thomas Christensen, who, for any Ipswich fans, is yeah, a former I think Barcelona at the time, player? Yes, very much so. I remember sitting at the time and doing the Wigan game last day of last season and all the fans were going, sign Gary Monk, sign Gary Monk, sign Gary Monk. And then he never signed. Mr. Adrizani came in and took, took the club over full stop from Massimo Cellino. And I remember checking my phone, I think in May, and it tweeted that Gary Monk has resigned from Leeds United and we were quite taken aback by it. Now, I don't know if the rumours were true they were talking to Middlesbrough at the time. Obviously, it didn't work out for him at Middlesbrough and he, he's back on sort of the scrap heap, which isn't easy being on a football scrap heap. And it was a shock at the time. And I have to admit, when, when Thomas Christensen came in, it was a case of, who's this? The, we hadn't been down the continental approach for quite a while. I know we had Darko Milinic in charge. Uh, for a short spell for six games in 14-15 but we'd never really been down that foreign route before and it was quite a surprise but we actually started the season really really well and we're, we're top of the league in September uh, helped by uh, one Bartosz Bilikowski uh, dropping the ball in his own net we'll, we'll uh, do that we'll do that in detail well we'll do that in detail in, in, yes, a, in a we few shall. minutes and, and, and it was a case of who was this but the season started like a half fire, and I have to admit, I thought everyone got a little bit too carried away too early. It's a championship, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and we all started quite slow and are probably going to win the league at a canter. So, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, but we're used to, we haven't had the same manager start two pre-seasons in a row since Simon Grayson back in 11-12. So that shows you that we haven't really had any managerial stability. So it was a shock, but nothing shocks you in football and certainly nothing shocks you at Leeds United. <laughs> Um, so the season starts, as you said, pretty well. But the headline news was Chris Wood um, goes to Burnley yes. for 15 million. Um, was this inevitable? Yes. And how, how do you think the club kind of handled the whole thing in terms of the timing and replacing the goals? Yeah, I think when you score 30 goals in a season, uh, you're always going to attract interest. And it's a very short career. And I just think it was so late in the day. I think Appy Appleman leaves were playing at Sunderland and the news broke that he wasn't in the squad and he left the training camp and he went up to sign the papers to, to sign for Burnley. And unfortunately, any club in, in the Championship, as, as you well know, you lost Daryl Murphy a couple of years ago and I don't really think you've replaced him. Uh, I know there's money difficult certainly Marcus Evans. I think the club did the best they possibly can. They got the best deal for Wood. And when the Premier League comes calling, it's very difficult to turn that kind of money down and we got £15 million for him. We have spent some of it on the likes of Samuel Saez and, and Gianni Alioski and what have you. But unfortunately, in the Championship, and I say it's even in the Premier League, you look at Philip Coutinho, that's just gone to Liverpool. Sorry, gone from Liverpool to Barcelona for £145 million. Every club, probably bar Man City and Barcelona, are selling clubs. So you just have to accept it. You get on with it. We've sold players more than Chris Wood. I remember when we sold uh, Eric Cantona when I was 10 years old. And that was... A shock then. And that one, was 1. 1 million? 1.2 million or something? 1.2 million, yeah. Wow. And that, that was when I was growing up as a kid. So it happens and it's football, it's part and parcel of it. I'm not a fan of the transfer window. I'm certainly not a fan of the January transfer window because everybody's sort of panicking and trying to get players in and players over the line. But it was disappointing to lose Wood, but I think what it shows that other players have had to step up to the plate and Unfortunately, from Leeds, and I'm not sure if you saw the Newport game at the weekend, we've lost probably our most influential player, Samuel Saez, from Spitting, uh, which will come to shortly. But I think the goals have kind of been shared around of late. 
Mm, mm, very good. Um, after Wood goes, you mentioned, so Leeds go on a five-game winning streak, including four clean yeah. sheets. Um, so coming yeah. into the first game of Ipswich in uh, September, you, you're top of the league. So how did... Yeah. How did he? How did he do it? Given he was the new manager and the star player from last season disappears. I think it was a case. It was just all new to him, and he'd have to learn on the job. And he was he obviously the Cypriot League is a completely different level to to the English Championship. And I think he got a little bit of momentum at the start of the season. We got some great results away from home, certainly away at uh, Nottingham Forest. We don't have a really great record, and away at Sunderland, and we got that little bit of momentum. We beat Burton five 0 and. Burton were dire that day. We beat Birmingham 2-0 and Birmingham actually played quite well under Harry Rinnup and Harry Rinnup got the sack a couple of days later. We then played Millwall. We never get an easy game at Millwall. I've never ever seen us win at Millwall. Uh, so it's always a hard place to go. Uh, and yeah, coming to the Ipswich game, I actually thought you played very, very well. I thought uh, David McGoldrick became the first Opposing player in the league scorer at Ellen Road. Uh, and I think had Bartos Belkowski not dropped the ball into the back of the net from Paolo Hernandez's corner, I think you'd have got something. And we never get an easy game against Mick McCarthy, of course. So he's a, a self-confessed Leeds United fan, uh, having sort of uh, supported the side in the 1970s. But yeah, it's never easy against Ipswich. Uh, I thought you played really well that day. I thought you were very unlucky not to, to come out of anything. And it, it, it's strange looking through your results year that was a kind of result that sort of sent you on a little bit of a downward spiral and you're still up there and I think Mick's done a really good job but I know there's a few murmurings going around certainly after the Fulham defeat and uh, the defeat which was quite a lot was against Sheffield United on Saturday. Mm. So my take on the on the first game it was it was a weird yeah. one actually it was um so we'd been playing this 4-4-2 and that was yeah that was the game that actually when you beat us with the 4-2-3-1, Mick actually changed systems yes. after that game. That's but right, yeah. I'm pleased you said yeah. we played well because that's one of the few away games. Um, I looked it yeah. up earlier. We had 12 corners and we scored two goals. We've not we've yes. not done that at all. We had, a, we had a big debate on our Twitter the other day about... Um, mm. You know the fact that we just sit back in the away games now, and uh, because Waghorn's so good at taking free kicks, you're just kind of waiting for him yeah. to waiting for him to stick a free yeah. kick in and um, someone to someone to head it in. But in the Leeds game, my take on it was you were. I just remember driving into the game, and it was yeah. th- thirty-four thousand attendance, just people everywhere. You're top of the league, and I just think the yeah. whole occasion kind of. Do you know what I mean? You scored every moment you I were do. on top. You scored, and yeah, yeah. Go, go, go yeah. ahead, Andy. Go on. Yeah, I thought we got a couple of lucky breaks. I think after David McGoldrick equalised, and that was the first time we've seen a league goal uh, since the opening day. So, sorry, the first time we've seen a league goal at Ellen Road all season. We reacted so quickly, and Callum Phillips then took it round Bilikovsky, and Leeds went 2-1 up. And I remember talking to the media at half-time saying, we're in for a game this afternoon, and it's a silly mistake to make Bilikovsky. He'll catch that ball nine times out of 100. Uh, and then you go, I think it was Joe Garner that got the second off, off the top of my head. Uh, and it was a nervy finish, and it was the same the season before. We beat you 1-0 the season before, but come to Portman Road, uh, off the top of my head, I think we've won 2-10, in 10, and that was 1 in 2001-2, when, uh, oh, ironically, Matt Stewart Venus got an own goal, and he's got an own goal the season before as well. Yeah, and then we beat you in 2013-14, which uh, he absolutely battered us that day. David McGoldrick gave you the league, and I think Luke Varney and Ross McCormack scored. Uh, we've had some horror shows at Portman Road. They've had to sit through the 4-1 the year later. We took the lead after two minutes. Antonucci scored, then he just battered us. 15-16, uh, you scored in the last minute, and you really should have won that game 4-5-1. And, and last season, I remember coming away, I thought point was a fair result. 
poor pitch, not the greatest game to watch football on, but we will never get an easy game down at Portman Road, and, and I think kind of the record books show that as well. Mm. I think a lot of our listeners will be interested, you know, that you praised the you praised the away performance because, like yeah. I said, it just hasn't hasn't been like that since. Funnily yeah. enough, funnily enough, since you changed the the system, I, I think it just invites you to kind of stick your, yes. your two midfielders just drop back a yeah. little bit, and you, you end up being yeah. very defensive. But um, moving on from from that game, so Leeds yeah. go on an absolutely horrible run. It's eight defeats, eight defeats in ten games. What what happened? I, I just think, certainly if you look at the defeats individually, Millwall bullied us, Cardiff bullied us, Sheffield United, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, we were brilliant for 15 minutes and then fell to pieces. And, and then kind of teams kind of worked us out a little bit. The, the Sheffield United performance, I, I've never seen a striking performance as good as Leon Clark that day. I know he's done the rounds as a bit of a veteran. Uh, he was superb that day and he tore us to shreds. Derby County, as you've seen the run Derby have been on, have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, Reading, we missed a penalty. If that goes in, it, it finishes one all. You then go to Brentford and two keeping mistakes from, from Lonergan costed you the game. And it was just some individual errors. And when we're playing teams that get into your face, like your Millwalls, like your Cardiffs, Leeds couldn't deal with them. And, and to be fair to Thomas Christensen, he actually learned from that very quickly. And apart from sort of the, the last couple of results, certainly while the Birmingham result and the Newport result will come to shortly, he's learned his lesson very quickly. And I think it's a fair reflection of where we are in the league. We're sixth in the league. Uh, and I think that's a very fair reflection. I don't think we're any better than sixth at the moment. I think the league's much of a muchness bar, probably Wolves and, and even Derby. Sheffield United have had a blip and Nestling around there. Aston Villa have had a blip and Nestling around there. It's a championship. It's a crazy league. It's a daft league. Uh, but I think just going back to the original point, I just think it was individual errors that cost us, silly mistakes that that you shouldn't be making at that level. But still in goal, and you chopped and changed a goalkeeper with Felix Vivald and, and Andy Lonigan. But I think they've learned from that. They came out after the Middlesbrough game. They were brilliant that day. OK, I lost 4-1 at Wolves, but I think Wolves will do that to a lot of teams. Uh, went to Barnsley, played Barnsley off the park. I thought Barnsley were poor that day. Point at Villa, brilliant result away at QPR, thanks to Kamaru Patrick. Back-to-back home victories uh, against Norwich City and Hull City. 1-0, very similar games. Defence played very, very well that day. And then you lead up to the Christmas period, which I think was a vital period for all clubs. Went to Burton, weren't great first half. Brilliant free kick for Menendez to turn the game around. And then Birmingham, poor that day. I thought Steve Cottrell, has, he slowly turned a corner. If you look at the Birmingham results, uh, got a great victory, I think, the other week at Reading as well. Forrest, just lifeless at times. We, we tried. Uh, I think if Kimaru's shot doesn't hit the bar and goes in, it's a different game. And then... Newport is another story entirely, and we got our our bums smacked basically on uh, uh, smacked on uh, on Sunday afternoon, and we got what we deserve. So it's been a bit a bit of a mixed season, a bit up and down, but we're still sick for sixty points to play for, uh, and there's a lot to play for between now and the end of the season. Can you explain the streakiness though? Because I, I made a joke about two weeks ago on our podcast. I said, right, Leeds were brilliant for, for six weeks. <laughs> Rubbish for six weeks, brilliant for six yeah. weeks. And it looks like, I mean, fingers crossed from an Ipswich point of view, like like you mentioned, the the past three games haven't been great. Um, yeah. What's what's with the um, very erratic kind of form? I, I think it's just the inconsistency of the championship. I think we've had a lot of injuries to deal with. And I'm not saying the teams haven't. I'm not kind of using that as an excuse. But I just think on any given day in this league, 
I think anyone could beat anyone. Yeah, even Sutherland have got some decent results of like kind of got whooped at, at Sheffield United, and I think they, they won a home game against Fulham. So I think it's the team of, who's the most consistent, not necessarily the second best team. Because I think Wolves will win the league, and I think Wolves will get 100 points, probably 100 goals. It's just inconsistency, and it's so frustrating because you look at the results sometimes, uh, and you think, oh, if we'd done this and done that, and I think every team's done that, but. It's just the consistency. If you get it right and and what have you, we've lost Samuel Saiz for six games as our best player uh, on uh, on Saturday afternoon. So injuries play a part. That's the same for every team. And it's if you get the consistency levels right in this league and you're on form, you'll win most matches. If you're not and you're below par, like we've been sort of from October November time, you'll get beaten. And and that's just the championship. And it it's been like that for years. And that's probably why you don't see a skimp bookie around anymore because you can't bet on the championship. Absolutely. Um... Just take me through the team. Um, so I've obviously only seen you once this season. Yes. Um, the away game. Um, I enjoyed Cooper at the back. Yeah. And Janssen wasn't around. I really enjoyed Janssen last year. Yeah. The worry I had was Viedvald. And it was very, very tense when he was... Um, the the centre-halves were splitting. And a lot of your fans were, you know, kick it long, kick it long. Um, how's, yeah. How's, how's the defence? And has Viedvald settled now? Yeah, I think it was a case that we're playing the ball out from the back, sort of Barcelona style. And I've always maintained you can only do that if you've got the players. And I don't think we've got the players to adapt to that particular way. Liam Cooper's come on leaps and bounds, club captain. I think he's had a fine season. He, he made one error at Cardiff City, but every player's made errors, and I'm not going to cruise down for that one bit. I think he's had a brilliant season, Liam Cooper. Uh, and I think Pontus Janssen, I know he missed out that day. Uh, I think young Connor Shogunsi played in the central defence that day. Uh, he's had a fine season uh, as, as as Pontus. He came back to his old self. We've just had the news yesterday that Luke Ayling is out for the season with ankle uh, damage. So I think he'll switch uh, Gatano Berardi to right back, who's a wholehearted player. He's got his first goal for the club and two appearances on Sunday. Uh, and then we just bought this new Belgian in this afternoon, De Bock, uh, who's a left back. And I would expect him to probably fit straight in at left back. So be a little bit different from the defence that you saw in September. So, yeah, I think Vivad has calmed down. I think the first five games didn't have anything to do by the first game of the season. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I think it's just a case that he's grown into the role. He did plan on again for a bit. Andy made a couple of, of errors, which he'll probably own up to. So, yeah, he's having the consistency, knowing the back four and knowing the players that you're dealing with as well. Because, for me, familiarity beats, breeds contempt. And... Uh, that's that's the thing with the defence. You've got a strong defence, you've got a consistent defence, you'll get results you know how each other play. But they'll be on the training field tomorrow, I'm sure. They'll do the presser tomorrow uh, uh, and they'll be ready to go for, for Portman Road and hopefully right the wrongs of, of last Sunday. Um, and O'Kane and Phillips, I assume it's going to be those two? And Yeah, it looks like Renault, young Ron Riviera, who won Young Player of the Year last year, he's, he's out injured at the moment. They're not sure how long his, his injury is going to be. He's not quite settled down. I love O'Kane. I think he tidies things up. I think he's a lovely little tidy player. And I think Calvin comes in for a lot of unfair criticisms as far as I'm concerned. I think he's had a great season. He's young. It'll get better and better and better. Uh, and yeah, I think they'll be the two that sort of sit in front of the, of the back four. I think that's the option we've got. Mateus Click played against Newport County. and their options. So I'm sure he'll be in and around the squad somewhere along the lines. But yeah, I would certainly expect O'Kane and, uh, and Phillips to be those midfield too. Um, you mentioned earlier that you've gone from one guy scoring 30 goals yeah. to, yeah. and I've got, so Roof has got seven, and then yes. Alioski, Phillips, Lasoga have all got five, and, and Anders have got four. Has the um, has the style actually 
changed a bit to spread them out, or has that just it been... It has a little bit, because last season we were so reliant on trying to get the ball forward to Chris Wood, and Chris Wood will get you goals, and lucky got you 30 goals last season, so I'm not going to deny that fact. I think it's just a case that other players have had to step up to the plate. Obviously, you've got Samu Saiz in there as well, and obviously he's a big loss for the next six games or so. Sorry, so, Andy, yeah. did he get six for spitting? He did, he wow. did. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately, it's something you can't do in football. It's it's horrible. Uh, he knows he's done wrong. I think he's apologised to the club as well. And I think he knows he's let himself down a little bit. And we miss him for a key stage of the season. And by that time, you don't know where the, the, the season will be. So, uh, yeah, but I think we've had to sort of share the goals out. I think it's the only way to do it. You can't be relying on one man. We've been very unlucky with injuries up top. We had Caleb Ekeban. I know we didn't play against you. Uh, back in September, uh, he, he's shown glimpses when he's been fit and he's been injured, which has been really unlucky. Lasaga will get there; he needs fitness. He knows that. Uh, if you put Lasaga in the box, 99 times 100 will score. Roof got hat trick against QPR the other week, so we have got options there. But I, I think, well, any club wants an extra striker, don't they? Not just Leeds. Uh, but if they look at it, they're, they're, they've had to share the goals around for the players to step up to the plate and not not be so reliant on one particular player this season. So, from what you're saying, compared to the team that played the first game, we're expecting uh, the fullbacks to change. And will it just be Roof coming for size? Uh, I, I'd, I'd imagine it will be the fullbacks. So you rightly say, I, I'm guessing it'll probably be Roof, Hernandez, Alioski, and probably the Soga, uh, unless he changes. We've missed you at Dallas, who scored in the fixture, of course, at Portman Road last season in a one-all draw. Yeah, we've got just got so many injuries at the moment. It's so difficult. It might probably young kids. I know the likes of Liam Kitchen was on the bench. Jack Clark was on the bench at, at uh, Newport on Sunday. It, they haven't got that many options. If you look down at the squad, that they are sort of short at the moment. So possibly Hernandez will definitely start. Alioski will definitely start. I'd imagine Ruth will probably start. I'd imagine probably Pierre Michel as will start because we haven't got too many other options with the injuries at the moment. Um, and can you kind of give us? the three standout players of that team? From the one that's going to start on uh, on Sunday. Sorry, yeah. Saturday, should I say. Uh, Pontus, is a rock at the back. Uh, probably Hernandez, who sort of makes things happen. And Alioski on his day can be pretty unplayable. And if he has a really good day, it'll make life difficult for your defence. But uh, it's, it's having those days and, and having those days... And getting a result, Portman Road. They need a response. The club know they need a response from the disappointment on sun, on Sunday at Ronnie Parade, and it's a hard place to go. Uh, it's a daunting place to go playing against Mick McCarthy's side. Leeds will expect a reaction from Ipswich after two four performances having been beaten. I think you're all nil up at Fulham as well, and uh, you just capitulate a little bit, and then obviously the defeat against Sheffield United in the cup. So it's a little bit two wounded animals uh, coming head to head at Portman Road. I think it should make it for an entertaining game on Saturday. What's going to happen then? Million dollar question. Uh, it was quite, if you look back to the game, I know it was a quite free-flowing game of football. Uh, I love watching Martin Wycorn play. I think he's got a cracking peg on him. Uh, McGoldrick keeps going and keeps proving people wrong. Uh, and Lee's have he got may, to Andy, he may not start, McGoldrick. Who, who else have you got sort of up front? Joey Garner, mate, possibly. Um, it'll probably be Garner... Selena left. Oh no, Ward's out. Yeah, McGoldrick will start yeah. actually, and it'll be Waghorn and Waghorn and McGoldrick. Um, I, I know what you were saying earlier in the earlier in the show about um. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've struggled when when we come up against like Ian Holloway or, you know, yeah. that type of yeah. manager. When we've come up yeah. against uh, Red, you know, Warburton, Stam and Dean yeah. Smith, we've actually yeah. beaten all of them because yeah. they've, they've stood and played their football. We've stood off and scored from set plays and quick attacks. So I think the hope from the Ipswich fans are that um, your three pretty players off the front will be able yeah. to... Do, do you know what? That's, that's I, guess, yeah. I guess, the hope. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a game for the purists. I think a bit of close knit affair to say you don't get easy games against the Mick McCarthy side. And I'm probably going to sit on the fence and go for a one or draw, which I don't think will be a bad result. And then Leeds have got Millwall coming to Ellen Road uh, a week on Saturday. Again, that won't be an easy game. Chopper Harris always has them fired up and, and what have you. So I'll go for a one or draw. I could be completely wrong. And either side could come out and win 3 0. But Leeds are tight at the back. They don't see too many goals, especially with Cooper and Janssen at the back four. And those two have been excellent as late. So I think at one all draw, very similar game to last year when both sides sort of cancelled each other out. And I think a point away from him at Port Road will be a decent result for Leeds. Um, and just looking a bit further on, what about the yeah. transfer window? And what about the... I mean, obviously, you said that the league's not much of a muchness. And like most people, you're thinking it's going to be Derby and Derby and Wolves. Yeah. But... Yeah. You think you're a good shout for the for the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think, again, it's much for muchness because everybody's kind of had a blip. Sheffield had a horrible blip of late and, and sort of dropped out and Villa lost a couple of results and, and what have you. So I think if we're consistent enough, we looked on the table the other day, I think we're on 43 points at the moment. We've got 60 to play for. I reckon 12 wins, 36 points, 79 should just about make it. And if you're oh, not, you're very sure, unlucky. Yeah. Uh, I know last year we just missed out. We just sort of fell away at the back end of the last season. So, uh, yeah, 12 wins will probably do it. But I think every other manager will say that. Sheffield Wednesday, I know they've just appointed their new boss. They'll be looking to go on a run. But they've got to start the Steel City Derby tomorrow night, which will be one to watch as well. So, 
I think if Leeds can get their act together, they're going to have to learn how to cope without Saez and try and win games without Saez. It's a tricky run. We've got the likes of Bristol City coming up, uh, Cardiff City coming up as well, Hull City, Derby County. So we're, we're kind of playing the teams around us. So if we can take points off them, we've got a chance. But it's, it's a tough league. We've, we've been outside the top flight now since since 2004. And I remember the fateful day. I don't know if you were at the game at Illinois in 2007 uh, when Leeds were actually relegated to League One. I know there were a lot of unsavoury scenes which mm. uh, left a little bit of a bit of taste. And yeah, the sort of less said that about the better. And it took us three years to come back, but we've been out of the top flight now for 14 seasons. And I actually think Ipswich is the only side that better that. But I think you got relegated in what, 2001-2002. Uh, yeah, I think, I think some of our ball. supporters yeah. would... Would rather have done the done the dare I say the Norwich thing or the um, Watford thing, or yes. even actually gone down another one and yeah. you know had yeah. with Sheffield United at, at, at the moment. But um, yeah. Andy, let's go to um, let's go to listeners' tweets. Um, so my thread's got a bit hijacked, but um, right, this is from Richard. Biggest regret sliding doors moment, which contributed to the fall from being top four Premier League uh, Champions League to League One in six years. I think it was a case that, uh, actually it's funny because there was, was a game actually at Allen Road at U121 in September 2000. Uh, I actually think Jermaine Wright, who later played for Leeds, actually scored in that game. Mm. And we lost silly games at the start of the 2000s. We're certainly at home to the likes of Man City, to the likes of Ipswich Town. And what you come, can't be dropping points and that's no disrespect to those kind of sides who've just come up from the... Uh, from the as it was the old first division back then, and there was a game against Man United that we missed a penalty and we won won that game. Probably got into the Champions League and slowly but surely we missed out on the Champions League the following season and finished fifth. Uh, and then it just kind of started to fall to pieces. O'Leary got the sack. Terry Venables came in. That didn't work. Peter Risdale left. John McKenzie came in. That didn't work. Peter Reid and, and what have you. And eventually Eddie Gray came in and we got relegated to to the then Championship and. Uh, it was tough because we had to solve everything. We solved virtually every play going, apart from the likes of, of Gary Kelly uh, and Michael Dubry, the only two that kind of stayed around. And you think, okay, we'll consolidate in the Premier League, in the Championship for one season, and and, and crack on with it. Similar to what kind of Ipswich did in, in 2002, three. Uh, actually, remember again, you beat Amir Beggin, I think eight uh, one in the UEFA Cup tie uh, and whatnot. And I think you just missed out on the playoffs that year and you made the playoffs in 2003-04 lost to West Ham. And similarly to kind of what Leeds did in 2005-06, uh, the beat Preston over two legs. Brilliant day out at, at Deep Down. Actually went to uni at Preston at UCLan. So uh, that was uh, even more enjoyable. Uh, but then we got to Cardiff and got beat 3-0 in the playoff final and everything just kind of fell away. Got relegated to League One and you sat there thinking six years ago I was watching Leeds in a Champions League semi-final against Valencia. Six years later, you're watching them in, in League One away at Tranmere. That's not being disrespectful to, to Tranmere. That, that's just what was sort of thrown at us and presented at us at the time. So, yeah, it's been a real roller coaster, and it took us three years to get out of, uh, out of the of the League One, the doldrums of League One, and we lost in the playoffs in both seasons in 2007. We had a playoff final to Donny in 2008-9, to Millwall, and finally the relief of getting out of League One in 2009-10 uh, was absolutely paramount. And... If you look back on it, the first year in 2011, we finished seventh and really should have made the playoffs that year. Uh, we fell away, <coughs> fell away at the back end of that season. Simon Grayson then got the sack and, and Neil Warnock came in. And I have to admit, I remember doing an interview for for the BBC Football League show uh, back in uh, February 2012. And I actually said I had to eat my words in the end that Neil Warnock could take Leeds to the Premier League. And uh, it didn't quite work out that way. I thought Warnock was a wily old fox and would get Leeds going. And it didn't work out. Brian McDermott came in. 
and and that didn't work out for a variety of reasons with Massimo Cellino's takeover and what have you. David Hockaday took over and you're coming here as a Forest Green, ex-Forest Green Rovers manager. I'm not, not trying to be, again, disrespectful, but this is Leeds United Football Club and I thought the way Cellino handled certain things wasn't quite right. Hockaday got the sack after, I think, eight games, six games in all, six game league games in charge as well. So uh, that was that. Then Neil Redfern, uh, a good friend of mine, took over uh, and had a decent run, and he kind of stepped aside for Dyke and Milanich to come in, and that was another strange appointment. And we're going through head coaches more than anything, and it was just a very strange time to, to know what was going on. Cause you wake up every morning, you check social media, and you're thinking, what's going on now? It's just like uh, uh, another story with, with Leeds United. And then uh, I remember Steve Thompson got the sack uh, as assistant manager, and no one knew, even to this day, why Steve Thompson got the sack. Uh, Neil Redfern stepped aside as head coach in the 2015 season and uh, Uwe Rossler came in and, and he got the sack after I think 12 games in in uh, November in sort of I think October 2015. Steve Evans came in and I thought Steve did a really good job. We had a lot of fun like with Manny. Steve Evans on our podcast. Yeah, well, I, 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 can, I, I can imagine he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a characteristic yeah. of the old school. Uh, and it was just manager after manager then, and Gary came in, Gary Monk, and I thought... To be fair to Gary, I know he's had his, his critics at the time. I thought he did a very good job at the time to get Leeds back up where they should have been belonging the follow at the back end. So it's been so much of change. It's great with Radrizzardi. We've got a lot of stability now. We know what's going on off the pitch uh, and what have you. So, yeah, I think you've got to be a stable football club upstairs. If you are upstairs, it, it comes down onto the pitch. And I'm a firm believer things aren't great up top. It, it does affect performances and that was kind of shown in the period between 2014 and 2015 when you didn't know what you're going to wake up to but yeah I think the biggest regret was not making the Champions League again in 2000-2001 and, and missing out and if you look back that's probably the moment when it kind of all went tits up basically. Mm. Um, this is from uh, Tricky he's half taking the mick he says how many fans yeah. are they bringing and uh, this is a kind of reference to Le- yeah. Leeds claims but what I will say is if you look at the TV people, they always yes. put leads on, and there's a reason they're putting leads on. And if I make yeah, a, if uh, I make a YouTube yeah. match review video and I do leads, yeah. I get more yeah. views. So there is yes. there is some there is something in it. But do you kind of do you kind of laugh at the the Mickey take at the yeah. millions it, of fans? It's a, yeah, there's always the, the social media guy leads will take. But I just think we're a very well supported club. We're a one city club. Uh, we always have been and. Whether in the doldrums, even in League One, we sold out quite a lot of allocations away from home. And I just think the fans just go everywhere. I think they're fanatical. I think they're mad. They're crazy. They're bonkers. Uh, and they'll do everything to get that ticket for uh, for the game. If it's Saturday, Wednesday, whatever night, we'll, we'll, we'll try and sell out. And it's not just Leeds. Look, a lot of clubs do it. And I know it's a little bit of a, a little bit of banter at times. But yeah, uh, we've got a very fanatical support. And I think that goes for most clubs as well. I remember when Ipswich played into Milan. Uh, in 2001 at the San Siro, I think we saw what seven, eight, nine thousand oh, fans. There's ten thousand there. Yeah, a lot of fans. I think there's uh, only about thirty thousand in the stadium as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you won the first leg, one nil, and Armstrong scored, yeah. and unfortunately just fell to pieces second leg. But look, we've got a great support. I'm not going to deny that, but I think it's just a little bit of a, a banterish joke saying Leeds will take more everywhere they go. Um, Tim says, "How do you feel about the dirty Leeds tag, which has managed to hang around for probably 40 years?" Yeah, now. I think that came from Don Revis' side back in the uh, back in the 60s and 70s that we like to kick teams off the pitch, and obviously there's the great film with Brian Clough for Dam United, where it's kind of modelled on 
uh, on Don Revy that we didn't win anything fairly. And it, it kind of sticks a little bit, doesn't it? Just through sort of the ages uh, and what have you. So, look, that'll always be around. And it's just a tag that following it, you've just got used to. And every time they're sending up, it kind of raises its ugly head once again. But I'm, I'm guessing that that's just football and it, it's there and it'll be there when I go on and pass on and what have you. And it'll just go on through generations because it's something that's stuck with the football club for nearly 50 years. Um, and just a quick one, a uh, big hello from the Renegade Statman, who's on our yes. podcast as well. You're, you're basically the, the Yorkshire version of him, and he's basically yes, the Suffolk uh, version I, of you, I yeah? Yes, quite a lot. He's, uh, he's helped me out with a few bits and pieces and a few stats and what have you. So, yeah, top managed chomp. And uh, uh, I, I don't know where you all sit on Saturday. I'll be sitting in the press box on Saturday, if you're in the main stand at all or not. But Oh, I've sat right in front of you. Yeah, I'll come and say oh, hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, feel, feel free. I'll be getting there about half past one, quarter to two, sitting with my laptop and everything, uh, doing the, the official match report for the club website. So uh, if you want to come and say hello, I shall, shall be there. But yeah, he's really helped me. He's chomped quite a lot with a few bits and pieces. And I think he put me in contact with yourself as well. I'm, and that's why I'm here tonight. Fantastic. Um, quick one from me. I'll give you give you two choices for you to wax about. Um, one, Strachan, Batty, McAllister, Speed. I just love that yeah. midfield. And the yeah. other, anyone my age, Tony Yeboa, take your pick. Midfield. That that midfield, and I say that is because as great as Yeboa was and scored some brilliant goals, actually got his first hat for Leeds uh, in a 4 0 victory over, over Ipswich, I think in April 95. Uh, but that midfield, God rest his soul, Gary's been no longer with us, won the title. When, when no one expected, everyone expected Man United to go on and win the title in '92, and, and Leeds did it with that midfield. And what Andy, Strachan, other than Strachan, the other three of them were really yeah. young as well, weren't they? Yeah, Batty came through the academy at Leeds, so did Speed, and, and McAllister joined in '91. I think about 26 or so. So, brilliant midfield, and, and to, to do something like that when Strachan signed in '89, he came from Man United, a club obviously were not quite at it at that stage and obviously there was a great tale if they'd lost the FA Cup team that's not seen for us under Fergie in 1990 probably been out the door but what Shacken did with Leeds he took the club he took the club out of the doldrums in the old Division 2 uh, and took them to the Premier League and took them to the first division title and won the one promotion in 89-90 in uh, and to get to win the title within two years, unbelievable. And that midfield will go down in folklore. Batty, brilliant. Absolutely love David Batty. Uh, I think he's become a little bit reclusive football, unfortunately. I don't think he hates football too much, but absolute cult hero at Leeds. I actually remember a game in 92 uh, 3 in, uh, in October 92 at Portman Road. Actually, he played it off the park in the first half. Uh, you won 4 2. And I remember David Batty bringing down Paul Goddard for a penalty. He probably should have been sent off that day. Uh, but yeah, that, that midfield was just incredible, and to win the league title, I'm, I'm proud to say that I've seen Leeds win the championship at even at a young age. But that midfield just took games by the scruff of the neck, and you got, yeah, you got goals as well, and you got Batty the hard man, McAllister sort of the creativity, Speed sort of with a gal and what have you, and tracking just to pull it all together. Before we go to your favourite player, since you've been watching, I'm going to try and do some of your top ten now. Yeah, I reckon surely I can get six. Surely, okay, yeah. right, Clark. Yes. Lorimer? Yes. Gray? Yes. Cantona? No. Really? Not yeah. in there. It's different demographics. It's okay. different demographics age groups. Bremner? Yeah, number one. Charlton? Yeah. I think I've got... Six. Yes. Are there any modern uh, ones at all? There was Lucas Radebe. Oh, Okay. And who were the and other? Who were the other three? I think. I think off the top of my head, John Charles was in there. Oh God, Jesus, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, because he was the greatest, and I can't remember the other six. We did the book so yet so long ago. 
But I think Terry Cooper might have been in there as well. So a lot of the 70s era. Not, not, Jermaine, uh, not Jermaine Wright, Andy. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, not, not Jermaine Wright. Although saying they had a slow start to his Leeds career. <laughs> but after that, he kind of said, I thought he was a great player. Actually, and I think he came from the Crew mm. Academy to Jermaine Wright. Uh, he was he was the strange player who was better in the Premier League than he was in the Championship. The yeah. Premier League suited him better. It's strange. Yeah, and he, he took his time to settle in in the Championship with Leeds, and he had one full season, then shipped out on loan to Millwall, came back and it didn't quite work out for him. But he had a good season at Leeds. I was actually quite excited when he signed because I remember Saturday day we got relegated, thinking who on earth are we going to sign for next season, and all sorts of players sort of kind of kind of popped up and what have you. So, strange time, but it's always interesting when you get relegated because it's kind of a new new oddity going to all the new grounds you've not been to. And obviously, we're quite similar in the fact we've been outside the Premier League for so long. Uh, and I hope they do get there before before I do go up to my grave in when 67 years, however <laughs> many it'll be. But, yeah, uh, I thought Jermaine Wright was, was quite lucky. He had a lot of injuries as well. I think he was homesick as well, having been in... Uh, in Suffolk for so long and there's always one player I'd love to have seen at Leeds that played it that would have been Richard Wright oh, okay. uh, growing up kid, playing on chat manager as a kid I always signed Richard Wright because I thought it was the next big goalkeeper and uh, he never really quite made it as a Ipswich, as a Ipswich, does a, Ipswich does a funny thing to players because it's such a goldfish bowl in a small place very very few players actually leave other than sort of John Walk Dyer yeah um, yeah you know, very very few players actually leave and then go and excel. Um, but quickly, just just before we wrap up, um, favourite player for Leeds since you've been watching? Uh, Oli Dakar. Uh, growing up watching the Champions League era, just wow, just absolutely brilliant. Wholehearted midfielder. Came from RC Lens uh, back in 2007.2 million, which is our transfer record uh, at the time. And yeah, just just a wholehearted midfielder. I think he actually played in the two on victory at Portman Road back in uh, February 2001, when I think Marcus Stew actually got sent off for a second buckle offence for yeah, stopping the Ian day, Hart. The day I grew to hate Ian Hart, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So yeah, uh, there's so many to pick from, but just for the way he played and he got us to to the semi final of the Champions League, and it it's memories that live with me for for a long time. So. Yeah, uh, Oli Dakar for me, wonderful player. He was one of the first players I got on the back of my shirt as well because I learned the golden rule, never get a player on the back of the shirt you never know when they might leave. Mm, absolutely. Um, great stuff. Andy, do you want to just do one more plug for your Twitter and for your writing and whatnot? Yes, I'm on uh, at LUFC Stats. I come up with all different statistics and I'll, I'm sure I'll provide some between now and, and kick off on, on Saturday afternoon. If you want to read my stuff, it's on the Legion United website, www.legionited.com. Uh, usually an hour after uh, the game on, on Saturday. Uh, and yeah, looking very much forward to making the trip down to Suffolk on uh, Saturday afternoon. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Andy, for no coming on. Um, if you've got this far, you're probably already a subscriber to the Blue Monday podcast. So uh, three yes. shows per yeah. week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC. You can follow me on YouTube. Just type in Benjamin Bloom. And we're Look actually like. putting some effort into the Facebook at the <laughs> moment. So you can catch us Super. There. Andy, thank you so much. And we'll no see problem. you on Saturday. Look forward to it. And I'll be in the press box around about quarter to two-ish. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.